0: So way back at the beginning of mass we we said this prayer together this uh opening prayer god of everlasting mercy who in the very recurrence of the paschal feast kindle the faith of the people you have made your own so we're saying god you kindle within us faith every time we celebrate easter so we said then we asked him increase we pray the grace you have bestowed that all may grasp and rightly understand In what font they have been washed, by whose spirit they have been reborn, by whose blood they have been redeemed. So we're asking him, so we we acknowledge, okay, Lord, every time we celebrate Easter, every year, every day during the Easter season that we celebrate Easter, you do something. You actually kindle up within us. You inflame us, hopefully, more and more with faith. Now, Jesus, now, Father, increase that grace so that we can grasp and rightly understand what the heck we believe. Right? So how many times do you think about this? How many times do you think like, okay, I, I try to read the Bible and I just don't understand it. Or, you know, like I come and people just seem really excited about Jesus and I just don't really get like, what's the big deal? Right? If, if that's you, this is what we're asking for, right? Help us, Lord, more and more to grasp what, what we're doing. Help us more and more, not to just like have faulty understanding but actually to have a right understanding and this is this is the thing that this is a prayer that that we want the Lord to do for all of us and I I know that when we come to mass on any given weekend there's a variety of people uh, who who are in the pews right there are some who have been coming to church for decades uh, a long time coming week after week after week sometimes day after day after day there are other people who maybe are just coming alive uh, in a new way. Maybe, maybe you're one of those people who had a life-changing Lent, you know, so that, that you entered into Lent this last year, and it just did something, and it ignited something within you. That's, that's actually where I find myself to be this morning, that Lent was life-changing, and so there's a new kind of fire within me. Maybe some of us just happened to come to church last weekend at Easter and decided, you know what, maybe I should come again, you know, or or anywhere in between, whatever it is, wherever we are. This is the beauty is that, Lord, give us more, more and more and more and more. Just increase that so that as we come to behold the mysteries in the word and the sacrament. We can grasp them more fully. As we, we come to hear the good news proclaimed, as we see our, our Paschal candle and, and we celebrate the joys of Easter, we can rightly understand. Right? Not, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm tired of incorrectly understanding things. Lord, I want you to help me rightly understand things. Now, with that, like let's... Let's see if the Lord can maybe teach us something uh, this morning. I, I love this this gospel passage. Uh, one of one of my favorite gospel pa- uh, lines from the gospel passage is is uh, is this sort of undersold reaction from the disciples, right? So Jesus Jesus calls them to follow after him, reveals himself to be the Messiah. Right? He performs all kinds of miracles. He preaches. He casts out demons. He heals people. He raises people who have died. He, he talks about how he is the fulfillment of all of the promises from the Old Testament. He is, he is the one sent by God. Right, And they, they, they follow him. They live with him. Uh, they see people fall away. They see people choose to go a different way. They, they see people come to faith in him. They stay with him in, in every circumstance. Right, they've, they've given their lives to him. For the last three years, these 12 apostles. And and then they see him die. Crucified in the most humiliating way, right? Like, completely naked. Alone. And then what's more, they've all abandoned him. Except for one who was at the cross with them. Right? you can imagine the incredible dejection and despair that they were perhaps feeling. And then right? They, they were part of this movement that now seems has died, and so they're afraid of what's going to happen next. So they go, and they're just like, lock the door, right? We don't want anyone to get in. We got to figure out what we're going to do. We're just like stuck. And then it says, Jesus came and stood in their midst. And then it says, the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord, period. <laughs> it's like, If we were writing that today, you know, how many exclamation points would we put, right? Like this is this is something that we've sort of we could say maybe developed, maybe overdeveloped our use of punctuation. Uh, But but nonetheless, like you just like got to imagine being in that room. Like Jesus comes, who was dead, right? He comes and he stands in their midst, and he says to them, "Peace be with you." It's just this is amazing, right? Like. You were dead, and now you're alive? Like, why? Like, we thought you were the one, and then we weren't sure anymore. And, like, this is so, this is so incredible, right? Like, you've got you to gotta try to imagine being in that room where Jesus, like, he, he, de- he died. They, they watched the tomb close over, and, like, he was in there, and he, there was no life in his body. And now here he is standing, and he says to them, peace be with you. Like this is so incredible. Some of you are just like looking at me like deadpan, right? Like you come on, like you kind of like how can you not recognize the incredible, like awesome experience of what this must have been? Jesus Christ, the one that they put their they entrusted their entire lives to Him. So that, so that now that he's dead, they don't know what's come, Like They don't know what they're going to They leaned so far into him that when he fell down dead, it was like they too fell down. And they're stuck. And now he comes and he rises and he stands in front of them and he says, you two stand up with me. Right? We've we got to sometimes ask the question, Like, what, is, what are we celebrating? When we're celebrating Easter, we're celebrating that Jesus is exactly who he said he is. Like he is, what did our reading say? Do, our second reading, do not be afraid, he says. I am the first and the last, the one who lives. Once I was dead, but now I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys to death and the netherworld. This is what we're celebrating. Who do you know who can say this? I was dead before. But don't be afraid, now, now I live. And I live forever. I have come to unlock eternity for you. How can you not smile at something like this? You see, like for, for us as humans, we've we've always we've always believed that there's, there's a forever, right? So the, the best image that I, I have is, I've talked about this a ton, is, is this. So we believe that when we come into existence, right, we just exist, like, so we're born and then we die, but even after we die, there's a life that just goes on and on and on and on and on. Like, it doesn't stop, right? Like, this is a life. You're wondering how long my rope is. It's a very long rope, right? So it's like, it's gonna, it's gonna keep going. I got eternity tangled up here. Uh, <laughs> Right, but like this is, this is the thing, we believe this. And we believe that before Jesus came, I gotta figure out where my life is. Here we go. Uh, so we believe that before Jesus came, that life after death was kind of a mysterious thing. And in hindsight, we can look back and we can see that, that before Jesus came, life after death meant being in the hands, in, in the possession of the enemy of our race, who, was, who has one goal, which is to steal us from following God's ways to kill us and to destroy us. So in other words, after death, we believe this, that before Jesus, after death, life just meant being used and abused over and over and over again for the rest of, like, eternity. The rope ends, right? But, but eternity doesn't actually end. And now Jesus comes. He comes and he invites us into this new life. Right? Because what happens is Jesus comes and his life is brought to an end. His yellow tape is brought to an end. But then what happens? Then he rises from the dead. And now he says, I am alive forever and ever. And he says to us, he says to you, and he says to me, and now my child, my friend, my disciple, my beloved one, now you can enter into forever with me. You can enter into this with me if you so choose, right? Like this is the good news of the gospel that, that we don't, we don't have to fear the end of our tape anymore. We don't have to fear what comes after this anymore because we know that if we believe in Jesus and follow his ways, that this can be far more excellent and incredible than, than whatever this is. It can be like so much better. This can be because of what God has done in the person of Jesus. This is what we're celebrating. This is why, like, I, I preached about this last weekend, I'm preaching about it again this weekend, because this is so darn incredible that it's, it's, it's not worth doing just one homily about it. It's not worth talking about just one time. I, I've been talking about this with everyone who's willing to listen, and a lot of people who are unwilling to listen, for that matter, too, but, but the point is like, I talk, because every time, for me even, every time I talk about this, it reminds me of like, oh my gosh, that's right. Like, there's so much more. There's so much more that this life isn't all that there is. And this is what Jesus comes to invite us to, right? This is what's happening. When he he appears to them, crucified and now risen from the dead, he comes to them and he says to them, peace be with you. Peace be with you, right? He recognizes that there are things in their hearts that are preventing them from truly seeing him as he is. There are things in their hearts and their minds that are preventing them from fully grasping who he is and from rightly understanding what it is that he has been sent to do. And so now he comes, victorious over even death itself. And he says, peace be with you. No longer do you need to be afraid. And then he does something kind of strange. He says this, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. So we've got to think about this. As the Father has sent me. How is it that the Father has sent him? Or, or what did the Father send Jesus to do? The Father sent Jesus to do a number of things because we see this in the Gospels, that he preaches, he teaches, he teaches. He casts out demons. He heals people of their infirmities. He raises the dead. He performs miracles. So what did the Father send? We can sort of summarize it all with this. The Father sent Jesus into the world to overcome evil, to overcome all of those forces that are trying to prevent us from following the ways of God. Jesus heals people, and then what does he do? He says, okay, now follow me. He forgives people of their sins, and then what does he say? Go and sin no more. In other words, what he does is he gives people a fresh start, we could say, to overcome evil now. He invites them into that. He says, because this is the thing, he says, I am the one who will lead you to the Father. In fact, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Right? So it's, it's, it, Jesus comes and he says, Look, if you want, if you want your forever to be restored, follow me during this part of your life. If you want to be led to eternal bliss and eternal happiness, follow me during this part. Even if it requires sacrifice, even if it requires, uh, denying yourself, and when it requires denying yourself, follow me because in the end it will all be worth it. Because far better, far better to live your forever and ever with me than to live your forever and ever without me. That's what he comes to do. So anyway, so this is, this is how the Father has sent him. Now he's saying, so in the same way I send you. What's he doing? He's taking the authority that God the Father gave to him and he's giving it to his apostles. He's saying... I have been sent by the Father to overcome evil, to give people a fresh start. So now you, my closest friends, I am giving that same authority to you. To go into the world to overcome evil, to give people a fresh start in their relationship with the Father, their relationship with me, so that now they can begin to, to do what? To live there forever and ever, even here and now, they can begin to live that, here and now, with me, rather than without me. So he's sending them to do the same things that he was sent to do, which is to preach, to teach, to forgive sins, to to ultimately to stir up within people and to activate faith within them. Right. What did we? What was there, our opening prayer? Right. God of everlasting mercy, who in the very recurrence of the Paschal feast, you kindle the faith of the people that you have made your own. This is what the, the ministers of Jesus are meant to do: to go out into the world and to stir up within people faith. And to activate that faith because a faith that is not active is not truly faith at all. But to stir up faith within people and then to activate that faith so that those people can actually begin to share in some kind of a way. They can begin to share in the same mission of Jesus. The same life-saving mission of Jesus. It's this incredible, incredible thing. But, but this, is like, this is the thing, right? It's like Thomas doesn't believe. He's stubborn. He's obstinate, right? He's missing wherever the heck he is. And then he comes back and he's like, no, unless, unless I do this. What does Jesus do? Jesus then comes to him and he says, do not be unbelieving, but believe. In other words, what does that mean? It means Jesus wants us to believe. He's desperate for us to believe so that we can share forever with him. So that we can share this with him. But to believe, brothers and sisters, we cannot be stubborn. To believe in him, we have to put that into action. To hear from the the minister of God that your sins are forgiven, it, it demands of you, it demands of me to then go and sin no more. To live my life, right? To repent, to, to turn and face forever with Jesus means to turn away from my sinful ways, to turn away from the evil forces that are trying to attract me away from God's love so that then I can, I can turn away from godless ways. I can receive his forgiveness and then turn away from my godless ways. See, this is, this is the thing. That to turn away from godless ways, that is to say, to turn away from sin... It is something for us as a Christian people, as followers of Jesus, it is something that is both possible and necessary. It's possible. There are some people who think that it's impossible. There are some people who think that that it's just too hard to follow the ways of God during this part of their life. It's too much of a sacrifice. I can't turn away from this thing because it would be too great of a thing to let go of. No, Jesus says that it is, in fact, possible. There are other people who might think it's too late. My sins are too big. Father, if you knew what I've done. Father, I've been away from the confession for too long. I can't go back now. No, brothers and sisters, this is the message of God's mercy, that it's possible. That you can, as long as you're breathing, as long as you're still in the yellow... You can turn at any time to receive his mercy and his forgiveness. That is possible and it is necessary. There are some people who think it's not necessary. There are some people who think, you know what? He doesn't mind. He doesn't mind that I live my own life here. He doesn't mind that I do my own thing. He doesn't mind that I don't come to Mass. He doesn't mind that, that I just choose to go my own way. Because in the end, you know, I think, I think everyone enters into life with him. No, brothers and sisters, Jesus is very clear. It is necessary for us to repent, to turn from our sins, in order that we may enter into life with him. He is very clear that it is very possible for us to enter into forever without him. And so this is where we we come to kind of like the the big question. Do you believe it? It's a really basic question. It's a really basic question, but, but like, it's so necessary to ask. Do you believe it? Because, brothers and sisters, if you do believe it, then Jesus says to you, do not be unbelieving. In other words, he says to you, great. Then actually turn and live for me. Make every sacrifice possible, because every sacrifice that you make for me will be worth it. In the end, and then some. And every sacrifice that you refuse to make for me, you will never stop regretting. Brothers and sisters, let's become a people that lives for eternity turning to the Lord for mercy, recognizing that he has already been so merciful to us, and yet he has more and more and more mercy to pour out upon us so that we can enter into his promises to live with him forever.